Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land. Thanks for joining us. Sean, how are you feeling today? Feeling good and feeling essentially good today. <laughs> All right. All right. So today's episode, we're going to discuss the book, uh, Essentialism, uh, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. It's been a while since we did a book review, you know, uh, so I'm definitely excited to discuss and get into this one, you know. Yeah, it does feel like it's been a while since the last book, but I found that this book was very similar to the last one in a good way. Okay. Very complimentary, maybe is a better word, to the okay. last one we read. So, uh, and the, which was the Four Hour Work Week. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't want to say clickbait, but not as a sensationalized title as the Four Week <laughs> Four Hour Work Week, but definitely right. uh, very uh, insightful as well. So, uh, the book is by Greg M- McKeon. Um, so, just a little background. Um, he was he's he's British, right? If I'm not mistaken, um, and he initially was going to school to be a lawyer, uh, then kind of changed paths and you know started finding his purpose and focus on what is essential and trying to do things. And now this is like his thing or how to focus and really be mindful of not spreading yourself thin. I guess. Yeah, he basically tries to, and that's why I said it was similar to the four hour work week because right. he tries to break your mentality that we've been like. Um, you know, conditioned for in the modern, you know, rat race today is just in terms of saying yes to everything. Right. And and the, I don't want to jump right into it, but one of the things that stood out to me about this book is how he defined the word priority and how we've co-opted that word and totally distorted the definition uh-huh. of it in our in our uh-huh. daily dealings. So. Right, right, right. All right. So then, so let's start then. Then let's start. Since you said you want to get, <laughs> All right. Let's jump into it. All right. So first and foremost, I guess it sounds like you like the book. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. This is like I really liked it a lot. Um, I I, I read it and uh, did the audio book like a couple different times just because there were things that I thought were like just perfect. Right, <laughs> no other right, way to say it. Just right, perfect. Right, um, right, right. And then you know he kind of starts off the whole book. The first like couple chapters are about breaking the mindset, and he like I alluded to earlier he kind of discusses how um, the word priority means the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And in the modern day, we've taken it to make it multiple important things. Like these are the priorities, but that's an oxymoron because mm-hmm. the priority means the one important thing that you should focus on. So it was just starting the book off kind of with that early in really just like set me up for what the rest of the lessons were. Cause it was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. So. Right. I, I agree with you. I think what kind of drew me in first and foremost was the story, the anecdotal story that he gave about his own situation life circumstances where he wasn't being essential with the choices he was making essentially uh, that's probably gonna be a lot, probably gonna subconsciously say essentially a lot in this episode right. but uh essentially he missed the pregnancy of his child uh for a business meeting right uh because he felt it was important and you know, his, I think his boss or partner made him also feel like, you know, this is more important than the birth of your child and the client will respect you. And, you know, the, the shame and embarrassment he felt uh, when he did do it and also with the client looking at him like he's crazy. Like, what are you doing here <laughs> instead of being there for the birth of your child? Right. Uh, so that story just pulled me in like, okay, he def- this is not someone who's just speaking about it. Like he's lived it where he wasn't being essential in how he was prioritizing his life and what was, what was important to him, you know? Yeah. He wasn't prioritizing the correct things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
So, I mean, just continuing along with his story, he reached out to his homie, his mentor, I believe it was, and mm -hmm. said, hey, I want to quit. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And his advice was perfect. It was, right. don't quit, stay, but do. He, his plan was to quit and be a consultant so that, you know, obviously he still makes income and still does just the things that he enjoys about his job. Right. So quitting and then coming back, offering his um, services and consulting. Mm -hmm. The mentor said, do that, but don't quit. Right. <laughs> Only do the stuff you would do as a consultant right. and decline everything else. And that was mind blowing to me. So, Listen, uh, I, I thought I agree with you. One, I thought that was mind blowing, but also I thought it was mind blowing because I've done the same thing. <laughs> when I'm, uh, it sounded like you. I'm not going to lie. When I heard the advice. I'm like, yo, that's some Danny advice right there. So, Yes, that is some Danny advice because that's exactly what I've done. I mean, listen, I've been, it's not like I've always done that. I've been in scenarios where I'm definitely, I've definitely uh, overexerted myself and I've lost focus on certain priorities as well. But I will say more in recent times, more often than not, that is kind of the approach I take where it's like, you know, you know, there's nothing... There's no shame in being a consultant. There's no shame. You know, I think the, the what I took away from that, from the advice on being a consultant, what I took away from it wasn't, it wasn't that you're necessarily doing less work or slacking. It's really more so that you are setting boundaries on what is essential and what isn't, more so than anything else. It's not, I didn't get anything from the story like he was taking shortcuts. I didn't get anything like he was cheating, quote unquote, the system, right? I just got it acting, acting more like a consultant allows you to be in a space where you're able to set more boundaries for yourself and your colleagues, which in turn uh, allows more respect. Yeah, that was one of the things he highlighted a couple of times is that the more he said no, the more his coworkers, though they were disappointed he couldn't work on what right, they wanted to, right. they respected him more. And that's kind of the goal. Right. And, and like on top of that, I think it's also setting your own boundaries, but also focusing on the things that you're good at and that are going to make you shine, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you're doing all this administrative work or whatever it is, whatever things are distracting you from what you're best at, you're, you know, it's not going to put you in the best light. If you're only doing the things you're great at, you're going to look good all the time. So what did you think about, so after he explained and set us up, um, he kind of moved on to, it was another like nugget. <laughs> so uh, many nuggets yeah, in this yeah, book. Yeah, <laughs> but this one I loved, it was, you don't have, you can't control your options, but you control your choices. And I thought that was brilliant. So yeah, I'm curious so, what you thought about that. So, chapter. yeah. So, listen, first of all, all right. Yes, I, that was also brilliant as well. So, I, there was a lot in this book that I picked up on from other things that I've, I've studied and engaged with, right? So, one is, you know, product and project management. Like, there's a lot of principles in this book from uh, product management and project management that is in here. And I'm like, oh, this is what we do in this area already. It's just kind of more put towards you're applying it to your life now instead of just work and projects, right? Uh, in, in project management and software development and tech and stuff like that. It's like, well, what is the priority? Because you want everything. You want a website or app that can do 20 million things, but we can't do it all at once, right? And I saw him kind of invoking that and throughout, sprinkling it throughout the book. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that he's like, consultant and work with these tech companies but then also to the statement that you just said about you can control the options you know that that's that 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 uh touches on like stoicisms right <laughs> like the philosophy of stoicism was like you know you can only control yourself not really everything else around you right like right or or give your energy give your energy to things that are within your control if it's not within your control why are we allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed and exerted by these things, right? Like, 
There's a lot of things, and we see it all the time in like the work, especially in the work environment. Like you know, things that are out of our control, but we will stress and fret over. So I felt like that statement was very much in line with that similar philosophy. So he he's he's mixing it up in here, but he's putting together a nice little meal. With the <laughs> right? Yeah, you got a little, <laughs> nice little buffet yeah, of, uh, of yeah. gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely agree with that. Like, uh, can you repeat that statement again? Uh, what, what was the quote again? Uh, the quote was, you can control, you can't control your options, but you can control your choices. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, now I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, I, I, I adhere to it for every situation, of course, right? We're human. But it's definitely a good, you know, little reminder or, or something that I try to align myself with. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good. It was definitely, I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. <laughs> It was a few, I mean, honestly, we could probably be talking about this book for a few hours, uh, but, uh, you know, what does it to mean to be essential, right? And, like, what does it really in, in means, especially in today's world where uh, even before COVID, you know, we were just, we talk about this a lot. It's like the, the notion of you got to be productive 24-7. You got to keep moving. You got to do something, right? Like, you're not building a business or whatever, and even during the pandemic, you know, early on, you know, it was a, it was a great, sh uh, a, a lot of things was shifting and it still is, right? But then you saw people saying, well, if you're not productive during a pandemic, then I don't, you know, like really that mm -hmm. productivity shaming, like, well, you, you know, people literally dying around us, but, you know, you still had people that were still like business and productivity at all costs, right? And it's like, well, yeah, the Instagram entrepreneurs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, which is probably, you know, I think it, it speaks to what this book is about. It's like, is was that essential? You know, what's essential during these times? Uh, your health, right? Uh, surviving, right? Like, oh, you didn't make your next, you didn't create your multi-million dollar company during the pandemic? Shame on you, right? But like, is that really essential when we see what's going on in the world around us right now? And right. you're right. And what about your mental health? And what about your family and the well-being? Like there was so much going on, there still is. What is really essential to you and your well-being right now? Right. And I loved in the book where he, it was almost bars. He started coming at essentialists do this. Right. And essentialists do this. <laughs> and then he had a couple of examples throughout. Yeah. And, I, and they were all great. They were all perfect examples because it really put them in practical terms. You know? Right, so. right, right. Um, and what was, it, what was the quote? If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Right and right, someone else will someone, prioritize some, for yeah, you. From what, if you don't prioritize your own life, somebody will definitely come in and say, "Hey, you know." And that, you know, I'm, I'm a little conflicted about that statement uh, because I mean, it's definitely true, right? It's definitely true, but I think also with what I see, a lot of people want someone else to prioritize their life, right? Like. And do they? Do they? No, really? that's a little. That's I know that's a spicy comment, but uh, I mean you might be right. I just don't know if they, if they do it, are they conscious about it? Maybe that's and, what it okay, is. Okay, so that's a fair point. They might not be conscious of it. They might not be conscious of it, and you know I might just be speaking from my own. Pers I'm speaking from my own perspective, which might be a little limited, but I do feel like, in uh, in certain situations, we'll say one thing, but then our behaviors betrays what we say in regards to how we're prioritizing our lives you know what i mean mm -hmm. um because when you give people when you kind of give them it's, it's a weird dynamic when you give them the free range to make certain choices and say hey you have the 
here's your flexibility and freedom to start doing these choice, making these choices on your own. A lot of times they got they get frozen in the headlights, right? Um, or not sure how to make that shift because they've probably been in a place where they're so used to having someone else prioritize their life, right? Yeah, decisions have been made right. for them Decis- or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, you know, it's an interesting statement, but I totally agree with it. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And I think for me, you know, I lean more on the side where I want my life, I want to prioritize my, I want I want to do it on my terms and figure it out. And I don't want to want it to be dictated to me. He So he kind of jumped from that to talk about um, the trade-offs. I think there was right. like a big section about trade-offs. And mm-hmm. essentially that's you, it's part of prioritizing because you you know that you get two assignments, you can't do them both to the best. So right. you, and I love how he had a, uh, I don't remember if it was a true story or if it was an example, but it was basically how to speak to your supervisor or your, you know, whoever you're mm-hmm. supporting it to. Mm-hmm. When they hand you a new assignment that you don't have the bandwidth for, it's like, okay, I'd love to tackle this. What can I deprioritize or whatever right. the language is? It's like you're putting in their head that now that you've given me this new assignment, I can no longer focus on what I've been doing. So mm-hmm. just so you know, right. something's got to, you know, something's got to give. So, right. and then in that right. example, they took it, they were like, never mind, don't do this. We'll give it to this right. least or less right. organized person. Right. So, I mean, that was such a good story and it was a practical application of what he was talking about. Oh so. uh, yeah. Yeah. See, and that's, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because that's, that's definitely one of those product, project management, product, man, product management principles that, uh, that, topics that gets discussed a lot you know it's like oh well you want you want this you want this bells and whistles but you also want this bells and this other bells and whistles as well all right which one are we going to do because we can't do them both at once right you gotta right. you gotta uh figure out what that trade-off is going to be and a lot of times i will say some of my uh <laughs> some of my most uncomfortable conversations have been around trade-offs uh in, in the work environment because i don't it's similar to what he was saying earlier about priorities, right? Uh, it's priority, not priorities. And we've kind of pluralized it and just think if if, if you have 17 priorities, then nothing, nothing is a priority, right? The, yeah. all, all 17 of these things cannot be a priority. So what are we trading off? What is the focus? Um, it's been those type of conversations that I've had with clients, you know, even clients that come to the table and they want to do everything and they want it in this amount of time. Uh, but you really have to be mindful of that. What's the trade-off and what are you willing to trade-off? Uh, and also applying that to your personal life as well. Because even it's not just about work. Our personal life, sometimes we try to knock out everything at once. And it's like you're moving at a snail's place, a snail's pace. You're making incremental gains here in this category, that category, that category. But not really doing much of anything at all, right? Yeah, the whole ship hasn't moved. You've just moved a couple inches on your side. Exactly, yep. mm-hmm. exactly. And I, I don't, it's a small rant, but you know what reminds the priority and the, the I'm going to call it the perversion of the word. Okay. It reminds me of how people use the word GOAT now. Um, oh. Which was an acronym <laughs> for greatest of all time. And right. now you can have five or six, seven, eight GOATs now. Right. They're like, yeah, these 10, who the top 10 right. GOATs? It's like, right. you totally missed Exactly. <laughs> GOAT definitely was greatest of all time now. Everything is a goat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he also, this is, you know, he talked about um, the perks of being uh, unavailable, right? Uh, and management of time and needing to escape in order to focus. And oh man, I mean, for me, that, that hit, right? Like, that really hit. Like, 
I think there is a lot of well one I'm very big on time and how you manage time and value time right so uh, and I'm, so I do think there's a lot to be said where it's not just about how much time you spend on something it's also about how much time you don't spend on something that's not going to be of value right and you know the escape and the perks of being unavailable sometimes you have to limit your availability whether it's to clients whether it's to certain aspects of the job uh whether it's to in your personal life to certain friends and families who are family who are you know pulling at you and taking away from you and your own well-being right like uh does making yourself available all in all these aspects is it essential and i do think especially now in the days of um technology right we have access to everybody right or let me say we, we think we have access right just everyone's connected so i think for a lot of us we just assume well you're online so i have access to you you're available at any given time right mm-hmm. and uh i just think you know the point of there are perks to just escaping uh and and escape to focus because there's a lot of distractions out here we talk about this. I think we've, we've touched upon this on a few episodes. The whole, you know, I don't know when it was, the, the exact time frame, but there was a trend at one point, you know, I'm not sleeping, I'm working, I'm grinding, I'm building. I sleep when I'm dead energy, right? Uh, but lack of sleep will make you dead <laughs> sooner than later, right? Like, you have to rest. There is a lot to be said to that rest, making sure you're properly recharging your battery and your body because... The real asset is you, yourself, your person, your body, uh, not all these businesses that you're trying to start, all these endeavors and meetings and uh, just trying to be productive, right? Uh, and, you know, the best asset, the quote from the book is, the best asset we have for making a contribution to the world is ourselves, right? And I totally agree. It, it kind of goes in line with that statement of, you know, invest in yourself. You know, every every weekend I have like a little reminder and I shoot out to, to, to some of my friends, like, don't forget to invest in yourself, right? And that's that's we are our we are our most important asset whether we realize it or not. Right. Um and as you know, that lack of sleep and that lack of rest really is not as it doesn't make us as productive and as valuable as we think we is as we think we are, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think he had a he had a story in there where, or maybe it was just an example again. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I guess somebody was like, I can survive on four or five oh, hours yeah. of sleep, mm-hmm. and it's like you're just so used to not being fully rested that you think you're surviving on four hours of sleep. So it's like we get so stuck in this rat race and mm-hmm. waking up at eight to get to work by on time or whatever it is, and it's like you're not getting full night's sleep and you've just adjusted to that. So now you're always working at half capacity. So. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, he told the story of, uh, the, the, the gentleman's name is escaping me, but the, the gist of the story is essentially, is, uh, essentially here we go. <laughs> uh, you know, he was a high, high pro- prolific producer, right? He, uh, uh, and I mean producer in the sense of he just produced a lot. Companies, you know, funding, you know, trailblazer, high achiever in his 30s and, you know, family. Like, he was hitting, he was in all the check marks, just knocking it out the park in all these uh, areas of life, professionally, personally, um, and all these things, you know, and just a super high achiever, but at what cost? And the cost was his health, 
you know, his, his health was his cause. He was going at such a high rate that his body couldn't keep up and sustain uh, what was going on with his life. And he wasn't sleeping and he wasn't resting. He wasn't allowing his body that proper uh, time he needed to recoup and recharge. And the doctors basically told him, listen, you got to stop everything. Like literally just stop. I think they told him, uh, I think they told him like six months something i think they told him it was a sabbatical yeah or like he had right? to take yeah. a sabbatical they told him you can't you can't you cannot keep at this pace you have to stop like literally just stop everything for like a good six months and he was like no nah, i'll be back i'll be back up to speed he i think he said i think he gave himself a two-week period a three-week period uh that he would be back up to speed and his and he didn't he couldn't his whole body crashed he he crashed his body crashed on him and um it, again just another example of how important uh, our body is and and to our, I mean, it's, it feels like it's self-evident that we should realize how important protecting our body is and listening to our body, but we don't. And that's why we have these, you know, I'm grinding all the time. I don't sleep. I'm this, I'm that, uh, you know. I'm, yeah, the societal pressures right. override our common sense. Right, exactly. Why y'all sleeping, I'm grinding and all that type of stuff, which you know, it's cute and all. It's it's cool. It's motivational, but like that's not the norm. Like, it's a balance, right? It's definitely a balance there. What do you think about the power of no? <laughs> I was okay. So that was like the that was the last thing I had written down here. Okay. I thought, um, uh, you know, I thought it was perfect. It was yeah. having a graceful no, mm-hmm. and you can say no without ever using the word no, mm-hmm. <laughs> which he taught, which he teaches. Um, right, right. So yeah, I mean, I loved it. Um, it show especially for something. Because I've been in that position before. It's something you actually do want to do and wish you could do. Right. But you know that you're not going to be able to do it as good as you want to with the amount of time you have. Mm-hmm. Or you just, you know, or you just don't have time, period, even if you would like to do it. And it, it, it sucks sometimes, but there's ways to say no without ever actually <laughs> using the word no. So you, neither of you feel bad about it. Right. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I Listen, the power of no is very, it's, it's, it's just very impactful. And it's, it's, it's. It's something that should be utilized a bit more, I think. Um, I was, you know, I was in a situation recently like that where I just, I said no, but I didn't feel bad for saying no because I knew, like, this wasn't essential right now, right? Like, it was a project, it was a project that was supposed to start last year, right? Like, last year, and every quarter we're supposed to schedule a meeting and the meeting doesn't happen and, you know, and, you know, uh, right now, definitely have the plate is a bit full, and here they come again, right? Like, hey, we're ready. I'm like, N- I'm not, <laughs> right? Like, no, we can't. I, I can't. I, <clears throat> I can't do it right now, right? Like, oh, I can't even do it. It's, it's probably best for you to move forward. And I didn't feel bad. I don't think anybody felt bad, especially the way the conversation went. But it was definitely um, very refreshing. Instead of feeling like, oh my God, I gotta take on this project, you know, it's like. It's not essential right now. I, you know, it's just not. So it can't be done. And you know, let's let's move on from there, right? As as opposed to saying yes and then you can't deliver anyway. You know? Right. And then also, I think he had a quote where like, if it's not a firm yes, it's a no. <laughs> so right. right. When you <laughs> give those vague answers, you're basically saying no, but you're scared to say no. Exactly. So, so you gotta be, you know, say it with your chest. Be like, no. Or or you know, like I said, if it's not a firm yes. You can say no. Uh, and I think, you know, depending on, obviously there's a little bit more nuances depending on the circumstances, right? Because usually I'll say no. If, if it's a project that I just know I have no interest in, I'll just be like, no. 
it's no. If it's a project that I am interested in, but I just, I can't do it right now, it's a no, but let's check in next quarter. And a graceful see, no. And, and, yeah, and, and if the circumstances have changed and we're, and we're both able to make this an essential part of both of our, uh, you know, agendas, then and it can turn into a yes. But yeah, if it's not a hard yes, then it's definitely not. Mm. I will say, just, you know, human nature, the one part that maybe is a little hard for people to put into practice is the no's, right? Right. People just don't like saying no. People are scared of confrontation. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. The first time you do it, like they said in the story, after you get to the habit of it, your peers are going to respect you more and mm-hmm. you're going to feel better about the work you're doing because you have a clear focus on it, so. Right, right. Um, what did you think? And I'm only speaking on this because we just did an episode in a similar theme. But uh, what do you think about win big by cutting your losses on commit? Um, I okay. So I, I thought it was great advice. Um, I wish there was a better example in in that he gave though. Okay. What do you think about it though? Well, all right. Now, yes, the concept I agree with. You win big by cutting your losses. And, you know, also consider the episode we just did uh, uh, about the lo- uh, losses and learned lessons, right? So you could have did a little bit of a better example for sure. But uh, I am, I, but the, the, the theme and the takeaway about, you know, uh, you know, our, the, our bias to continue to invest time, money, and, and energy into something we know is a losing proposition, and we're only continuing it is because we've already invested <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or you know we're gonna keep that cost uh, some cost yeah. so we're gonna a cost that can't be recouped so that i get like sometimes we're just gonna continue to keep doing it because we've felt like we've invested too much and we have to see it through right um and he says you know essentialist has the courage and confidence to admit you know their mistakes and uncommit no matter the sunk cost now for me i'm like yes <laughs> right um and i totally agree with it it's hard it is hard to know when that point is, though. However, right? It is hard to know what is that point of uncommit. People, when they talk about not finishing a book or not reading a, or finishing a movie, right? And I think a lot of times, especially for readers, or I know for me, it's like I gotta. I started the book. I have to finish it, right? Even if I don't like it, if I'm like, oh, this ain't this ain't really what I thought it was gonna be, right? A lot of times, like, um, I need to finish it, but why, right? Or a movie, you know, even if if it's you know critically acclaimed movie, everybody likes it, but I'm not really feeling it. But we usually tend to still pursue it and say, I gotta finish it just because, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of just saying, I'll stop. I've, I've watched thirty minutes. I'd rather waste thirty minutes here of of, of watching a movie I have no interest in rather than finishing it and now I've wasted two hours of my time that I'm not going to get back and I, I didn't like it any better, right? Or with a book. Um, so I, I got the gist of it, right? And I think also, I mean, obviously this is this comes from investing as well. So if you're already into investing and stocks and stuff like that, it, it's a, again, he's mixing everything up and putting it, giving it to life lessons, right? And I think that's probably why it was a disconnect for me, though I agree with the advice. I was like, yo, I would love to see, like, you just gave a couple of examples mm-hmm. of reasons to get out. Right. Um, so I was yeah, I was looking for that perfect scenario where he gave an um, example of why he got out or something. But, yes, the advice is definitely yeah. essential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely probably could have did a little bit better than that. But, I, yeah, I, I picked that up. I was like, yes, um, you know, I literally, that's, 
I'm in a situation right now with that. <laughs> I'm like, I got, I, I made the decision yesterday. I have to uncommit to something because I'm like, it's, it's too much. It's, 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 it's not even that it's too much. It's just a losing proposition. It's like, there's no benefit for me to keep on this path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, um, I'll tell you about it behind the scenes, but it's like, there's no reason to continue down this path. It's, 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 I just got to uncommit, which I plan on doing on Monday. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What else? There, there's so many topics. That yeah, we can't I don't want to like, yeah, because we, we can keep going. We'll, <laughs> we'll just keep going. But I think we covered the the overarching theme of the book and some of the, um, some of the specific examples of essentialism and being an essentialist. And I know that I am at least moving forward with the thought of being an essentialist and everything I do career and business wise, at least. Mm-hmm. So. I, okay. So I know we said we didn't want to go into more, but there's like two more topics, two more topics. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. One uh, is progress, the power of small wins. Right. Mm. And that again is, you know, something that, you know, people who might, who work in tech or design kind of, and actually no business marketing is it's a familiar concept already. Like we always say, I need a quick win. I need a, you know, small win. And I think we don't, we, we talk about it in the business and workplace a lot, but we don't really apply it to our own lives, right? Like, we don't really think about the small wins a lot. You know, we don't think about, oh, well, you know, I lost 10 pounds, you know, it took me a while, or I started healthy eating. We're, usually we're like, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm starting on day one, and I want to get to day 30 and just have it there and not really celebrating the journey and the mm, prog- gratification right yep. and the progress that you've been making along the way and i think that's very important you know like it, we have to take that time to acknowledge the progress even if we aren't where we want to be right um and i thought you know the way he talked about that and, and just focused on that was good right um because it kind of puts things in perspective, like, oh, well, I am making progress. I may not be here, I may not be, or whatever your goals and aspirations are, you might not be there yet, but you have made progress to get closer to it. And I do think it's something we should be mindful of and uh, uh, acknowledge as we are on that that journey. And then routine. <laughs> uh, designing a routine for yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, Listen, I'm all for that right there, right? Um, I think, Sean, we see, like, talking about the GOATs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see, like, athletes, we see uh, entertainers, and we see all of that, but we only usually see them in the moments where they're actually performing, and they make it look so natural, right? Like, oh, wow, they, you know great basketball skill or high IQ and performance make it look so effortlessly effort only recently and even then we still don't really see much of the discipline and the routine that goes into it behind the scenes prior to that right every now and then we're starting to see documentaries and DVDs behind the scene footage and then but you even see, those don't show everything right you know, just showing highlights <laughs> the of highlights it. of it right you don't see like you know they'll be in the, in the studio practicing eight hours a day just for a 15 minute performance or a 20 minute and right so and i think for a lot of us we don't see that and we don't really take that in consideration we just want to knock it out the park right away and we have no routine we haven't laid any foundation we haven't laid any any pillars of discipline in order to achieve it right and uh, i think that's a really really uh important factor that we need to be mindful of uh 
and not just in becoming an essentialist, I think in becoming successful as well in any endeavor that we're trying to uh, embark on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then the way he broke it down, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's essentially prioritizing. What, right. What is going to get you the fastest, or not even fastest, but what is the closest uh, to you, what your goal is right, right. And, and staying focused on that? Right, right. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you this and then we can cap, cap off. Uh, what what is your routine? You know, you don't have to give the, the all the exclusive details, but do do you have a routine that you usually try to follow and to help you achieve what you want to do and stuff like that? Huh? I never I never thought of it, about it, and um, I I don't know that I do. Um, if I'm and if I do, it's probably not intentional. You know, it's probably just habitual. So um. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I don't know that I do. To oh, be honest, you're gonna have to circle back on that. You yeah, can't, we're gonna you have, can't to, be, have to. You can't be reading this book. Don't have a routine. You can't be reading this book and not even be mindful of your routine. Okay, fair. I'm though. not. Yeah, I don't know what it. I, I'm sure I have one that I'm not conscious of. And now, yeah, I need to. Okay. I need to uh, chart that now fair and enough. see what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, I would, but school is. What would yours be though? Just so, uh, so I got somewhere to start from. So oh, I know what I'm oh doing. man, my routine is. I'm 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 not embarrassed, but I feel like if I tell her this is gonna be <laughs> like this guy's a little bugged out. But uh, my routine, I get up pretty early. Uh, at, well, you know, I get up pretty early, so I'm usually up around five five thirty most days, right? Most days, even on the weekend, like my body doesn't let me sleep that late anymore. So um, majority of my morning from like five up until nine is it's a variation of things. It's like me, uh, I meditate, uh, I burn some candles or some incense. Uh, I journal, um, I listen to like, you know, um, I don't know what the, you know, uh, like mantras and, and quotes and speeches in the morning, like just from a mental exercise, because, you know, we're so focused on physical exercise, you definitely got to be mindful of your mental, right? So all these things that kind of help me get in a certain mindset uh, for the day, uh, then I'll spend some time reading various books. So some like the essentialism, right? Whatever's in my reading list that day um in uh, in the queue so all of that it's a mix of that from like from the time i get up till around nine o'clock also after that i i mean while i'm doing all of that i uh there is i do exercise physical exercise as well so from 5 five thirty to around 9 is really a mix of all of that you know mental meditation burning candles getting a nice mindset exercising so hopefully I say hopefully because every it's no guarantee, but uh, you know by the by the time nine o'clock comes and I'm dealing with the world and clients and work and and projects and everything else that I'm uh, dealing with that I am prepared and ready. You know I'm in a good state of mind and being real focused on what I have to deal with for the day. Okay, so that's, that's interesting that your routine carries over into the weekend because I do find I don't know how many people this is true for too that my routine. Um, <laughs> that I'm not aware of, but I do know that mm-hmm. it shifts completely during the weekend. Like my whole, the time frame shift, yeah. the, everything is completely different. The Saturday, Sunday versus Monday through Friday. So it's interesting that you're able to maintain that. That means you are in control of a lot of your choices. And I'm <laughs> in control. I will say, I think, but at a certain point now I might not be because <laughs> I've <laughs> like, there are times when I want to sleep in late on the weekend. It's not like I get up and say, Oh, I got to act like it's a weekday. Right. It's just that I think because of the routine that I have uh, set, my body is so used to it now. So, like, if I wake up and I'll say I'm going to go sleep in, my body be like, 
oh, so you thought you was. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just be laying in the bed until like eight o'clock, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just get up now and call it and get on with the day, and so forth. So yeah, so, that's yeah. good. You got your body working for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so. on autopilot for the most part. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. cool. All right, well, you get back to us, sir, on what your routine is, all right? I do know that it always revolves around the dog. That's how my day begins and ends. It's walking them first thing in the morning and uh -huh. walking them last thing at night. So okay. I know that much. I just got to fill in the gaps in between. That's all. So essentially what you're saying... <laughs> is that the dog, dog is prioritizing your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. But we're going to rectify that. Okay, I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to give him some graceful nose all right. forward. Give him some graceful nose. Well, uh, you know, we had a we had a, a breakthrough on today's episode, you know. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so that's a wrap on this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and thoughts around this book. And hopefully it provided you with some value as you navigate through your business journey and personal life. As always, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels or shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.